Next, this month's special series focus on geriatric medicine and aging. ReachMD talks to experts about new thinking and innovations in the treatment of conditions of the aging body and mind. How can physicians maintain a respect for patient autonomy while assessing self-neglect? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Lisa Gibbs, Associate Clinical Professor in the Geriatrics Program at the University of California, Irvine Medical Center in Orange, California. Dr. Gibbs, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you for having me. How do you define self-neglect in the elderly? Self-neglect is really the inability to care for one's own basic needs, including health care, welfare, and safety. It is one of the most common reasons for referrals to adult protective services and accounts for approximately 50% of elder abuse cases. What led to your interest in this area? Well, I think it's a fascinating area, number one, because, you know, those of us working in this field can be advocates for our older patients. We have a forensic center in Orange County, California, which draws upon multiple agencies to really investigate the most difficult cases of elder abuse. And we get to work with a lot of other professionals, which is also sometimes unique in the field of medicine. For instance, geriatricians here at UC Irvine work with law enforcement, domestic violence experts, social workers from adult protective services. We work with the district attorney and in the Witness Advocates Office. So we have a lot of variety in our work as we, you know, seek to understand and investigate these cases. And the geriatricians and psychologists often make home visits with the social workers. We often end up giving our professional opinion and expert opinion regarding medical records, diagnoses, or whether someone received proper attention. And also, sometimes we end up testifying in court for our district attorney's office to assist in the prosecution of these cases. In addition, you know, geriatrics is probably one of the most fascinating fields of medicine because we really feel like we treat the whole person in terms of chronic medical problems, the complexity of medical problems. We think about the interactions between multiple medications, social situations, and it's just a very fascinating field which is coming into its own. What factors contribute to self-neglect? Self-neglect is, as yet, somewhat poorly understood, but we know that one of the biggest risk factors is the presence of memory problems. There's often a lack of social support, a lack of a caregiver, which is inherent in the definition because self-neglect is really the inability to care for one's own basic needs, and it is very different from the case of neglect where a caregiver is present and the caregiver is failing to provide for one's basic needs. There's also some research that, in addition to memory problems, persons who self-neglect have something called executive dysfunction or the inability to have insight in terms of their decisions and the inability and difficulty with organizing. And when this occurs, for instance, people may have problems planning their day. They may have problems organizing their financial records for the month and being able to pay their bills on time. A lot of self-neglecting persons are unable to properly clean their homes, keep their environment safe, and that includes self-hygiene. A lot of people who are self-neglecting have a difficult time taking care of their self-hygiene. 
So risk factors include, you know, multiple medical problems, the presence of dementia, perhaps the presence of executive dysfunction, and a lack of social support, among other things. Is self-neglect a geriatric syndrome? Some people feel that self-neglect is a geriatric syndrome. Geriatric syndrome assume that something that occurs comes from a multifactorial process. For instance, a geriatric patient may have a problem with falls. In many cases, it's not one specific medical condition that causes that fall, but it may be a compilation of different etiologies such as poor vision, specifically perhaps poor night vision, difficulty with balance and or peripheral neuropathy where they're unable to feel where their feet are in relationship to the ground. So a a syndrome is something that results from a multifactorial process. And so we are, in some cases, looking at self-neglect as a geriatric syndrome where there's not one specific condition that causes it, but it's a compilation of etiologies. Describe the physician's role in assessing self-neglect in older patients. Well, the physician is really in a very unique position to address self-neglect and to discover a person who may be self-neglecting. If a person chooses to come to a physician, and many self-neglecting persons do, for instance, in one study, many of the self-neglecting patients that came to the notice of APS had recently seen their physician. But also you may have self-neglecting persons who haven't seen a physician for months or years. So it really depends. But we do know that, at least in one study, a fair number of them do continue medical care. So a physician is a very unique position, and many times it's because it seems like the patient isn't really compliant in terms of the medical recommendations. For instance, I've had many patients with blood pressure problems who are prescribed blood pressure medication, and you might expect after doing that and having somebody return uh, that their blood pressure would be better. But in a self-neglecting person, they may not have the ability to actually go and get that medication filled and take that medication on a regular basis. So instead of getting upset with somebody who doesn't seem to be following, you know, doctor's orders, you know, we might want to look a step further and say, well, what is the problem here? You know, where, where is this breaking down? Is it because there's no transportation to the pharmacy, which might be something that's fairly easy to fix? Was it really because this person really is unable to complete the steps that it takes to get this medicine and take it and come back? So at that point, you know, one might think about whether the person really can't take care of themselves or not. And that's just one example of where a physician might be one of the first people to key in on a problem, especially if somebody doesn't have good social support or family members that are looking after them. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dr. Lisa Gibbs, Associate Clinical Professor in the Geriatrics Program at the University of California, Irvine Medical Center in Orange, California, discussing self-neglect in the elderly. Dr. Gibbs, what are the components of a comprehensive assessment for self-neglect? The components are good history a good physical exam, and a good functional exam, which is really something that we as geriatricians are very careful about obtaining. And many clues to self-neglect can be noted by performing these exams. There are certain medical conditions associated with self-neglect, which, as I mentioned before, can be dementia, depression, alcoholism, which occurs more frequently than people realize in older patients, or even the presence of psychosis. 
So by doing these, you know, we may find a person who has a chronically open wound but really doesn't seem to have the appropriate amount of concern for themselves. We may find that there's a lack of compliance with medical recommendations, including taking medicines. Or the person may just seem confused and not be able to answer questions with a fair amount of detail. Certainly by having that interaction and by having a continuity of care with a primary care provider is extremely important. So as we get to know our patients, we may naturally discover that they're not functioning as well as they used to, and then we can then search for, you know, the reason behind that. How can physicians maintain a respect for a patient's autonomy while assessing self-neglect? I think that, one, we must realize that patients are considered to have capacity if they have the appropriate testing done to determine incapacity. So I think by treating people with the appropriate amount of respect, even if they have memory problems, you know, for instance, we don't talk around them or talk to somebody else. We address our patient directly. And we don't appear as if we're just going to take over decisions for them. I think that's very important. And also just to realize that they are their own person and they retain their personhood and self-determination, you know, again, only until or if appropriate testing is done that shows us that they're truly incapable of taking care of themselves. And for their own good, then perhaps steps have to be taken to find conservators or caregivers that can make decisions for them. Do physicians have a responsibility to report suspected self-neglect? Yes. Physicians are mandated reporters as well as all other healthcare providers, and self-neglect is among the categories of elder abuse that require reporting to Adult Protective Services. How does a physician make a report? Each of the 50 states has Adult Protective Services Agency, and the numbers are readily available. It simply takes a phone call to one of the social services agencies, in some cases, a follow-up written document. But that's all it takes. It probably takes about five or ten minutes of someone's time. And from that, then social services will take the responsibility of visiting the patient and investigating whether this is a situation requiring more intervention. What resources are available for healthcare professionals to learn more? One may look up the websites for social service agencies, specifically Adult Protective Services. There are national agencies, including the NCEA, which stands for the National Center for Elder Abuse, and then centers such as ours, Center for Excellence on Elder Abuse, which have a very strong educational mission. Those are probably the best ways to pursue investigating knowledge of elder abuse. Dr. Gibbs, what's your take-home message? In terms of healthcare providers, I think the take-home message is to be aware of our patients who perhaps live alone, who care for themselves, but seem to have some difficulty doing so. And to really know that I think one of the most important things we can do is when we suspect this is to first ensure their safety. And sometimes just the decision that we need to report to APS could be a life-saving decision for these patients. Also, if we have the opportunities to be working with social workers or interdisciplinary teams, sometimes we can arrange for a home visit and do some more investigating. So take-home message is that, you know, we merely need to really keep in mind that it may be a possibility for our patients who appear to be struggling 
And, you know, even though our office visit may be a very short time period, making that call to APS or rallying the support of interdisciplinary team members can be a life-saving move. Dr. Gibbs, thank you so much for joining us to discuss self-neglect in the elderly. You're welcome, and thank you very much. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library of on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Geriatric Medicine and Aging. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, visit us at ReachMD.com. And download ReachMD's iPhone app, Medical Radio, to listen to the same live stream of medical news and information that you enjoy on XM160, plus CME and thousands of searchable podcasts. Download the Medical Radio app today.